Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 309. KB coming at you from Underground Studios. We got a lot to get into with the Sixers, the Phillies, the Flyers, and Post Malone potentially giving us one of the best remix lyrics of all time to laugh at Cowboys fans with for eternity. And joining me this week on the show, the host of the IGTV series we do on our Instagram, Unplugged Shot Clock, Richie Rivera. What's up? Before we get started, as always, show brought to you by our awesome local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And guys... You only get one pair of eyes, so when you're listening to podcasts, watching them, when we're live on twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI, when you're watching TV, movies, sports games, anything in between, protect those eyes. Head over to our friends at Tomahawk Shades. They've got the best blue light plus glasses in the game. When you're outside going on walks, weather's getting a little nicer, still being socially distant and masking up, of course, they got sunglasses as well. Plus, check out their small batch collective for their limited edition runs on specific items. Tomahawk Shades, two brothers on Long Island, said we're not going to pay an arm and a leg for expensive sunglasses when we can make our own for a fraction of the price. That's exactly what they did. So head over to TomahawkShades.com, fill up your cart, and when you go to check out, use our promo code USP to get 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. That's TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP for 25% off your order, and right now free domestic shipping on all orders. Use our promo code. Help us uh, pay some bills. Keep the lights on. TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP for 25% off your order. And uh, as you guys are listening to this, the calendar has turned to the month that never end. It is it is March and uh, St. Paddy's Day coming up. And, and Richie, I don't know about you, but St. Paddy's Day is for pubs, not pubes. And that's why Manscaped is the global leader for below-the-waist grooming, and they sponsor our show to ensure you have the best tools for your ball-trimming experience. And if you plan on getting lucky this St. Paddy's Day, then you might as well use our code USP at manscaped.com to get 20% off and free international shipping. You're in luck because... The Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Included in this new package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Look, guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff, so why not use the best tools for the job here? 
This bundle includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. You'll feel like you're, uh, you know, you'll feel confident shaving your thunder down under. You can also get festive and safely shave a shamrock into your pubes, and you and your partner will get lucky, all right? Their Lawnmower 3.0 will showcase your pot of gold like no other. Let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The performance package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer and is hot off the shelves. So get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. Also, guys, every purchase at manscaped.com goes towards contributions made to the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. There's gold at the end of the rainbow with Manscaped. And guys, our newest sponsor, newest sponsor on board that's been with us for a couple weeks now, our friends at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. They're the best on the market. They're located right in Philadelphia, Old Kensington, Philadelphia. They're the fastest growing craft spirit in Pennsylvania currently closed due to COVID, but once that bad boy opens back up and life is back to normal, we'll be catching all of our favorite games at Stateside because they have a full bar, restaurants, and they offer distillery tours weekly. It's seven times distilled, certified gluten-free, and it's blended with electrolytes, making it the first vodka on the market with a mineral composition on the same spectrum of electrolytes found in that sports drink that everybody knows and loves that starts with a G. It's also the first actively hydrating vodka on the market, and it's won awards for best package in the world. So go to statesidevodka.com right now to purchase your vodka, and on the one-liter bottles at statesidevodka.com, use our code USP to get 10% off those bad boys. Statesidevodka.com, promo code USP for 10% off the one-liter vodka bottles at statesidevodka.com. Must be 21 or older to order, and of course, guys, please drink responsibly. Let's get into the Sixers, Richie, because uh, a lot is happening. There's a lot of trade rumors swirling around. Matt and I talked about it on Wednesday a bit with Kyle Lowry, P.J. Tucker, a whole list of names that uh, the Sixers could potentially be interested in. But, of course, what would it be if the Sixers didn't lose to a lottery team and uh, they ended up losing to the Cavaliers after that dominant performance against the Mavericks on Thursday as well? where defense was on display, and you said it on the episode of Unplugged Shot Clock that came out the other day, the score didn't really indicate like how great of a performance that was for the Sixers. Um, but, of course, they followed up with an overtime loss to a much more inferior team, and that's just Super Sixers. I think that was undeniably the Mavs game. That was probably their one of their best defensive games of the entire season against a team that, you know, you have Luka Doncic, and the firepower that they have yet alone. I mean, no Porzingis played that game. He was hurt. Um, but that with, I mean, that's what everybody felt at the beginning of the year was an MVP caliber player. That was a championship contending team that would 
could possibly face, you know, the Lakers or the Clippers um, sometime in the playoffs. But that team, you know, had injuries and COVID issues and has been below 500 for a lot of the season. Um, And we really showed them, you know, what we had um, with one of those teams. And then you would think going into a game like the Cavs, where we the first time we played them was the third game of the season um, when we were still early on in our Doc Rivers era. Uh, with no Joel Embiid, that when we did have Joel and this team looks a lot different compared to the third game of the season, that this should be an absolute, you know, curb stomping. I mean, they do have a cup, a lot of good weapons on that team. It's a young team um, and they have a lot of potential. But yeah, they're a lottery team. You got Jared Allen, you have Colin Sexton, Coro, they're, I believe he's their fourth overall pick. Um, this is still should be a team that you should put away mid fourth quarter, the latest, if not earlier. But this right out the gate, um, just so sloppy, no energy. Doc said it, Ben said it, everybody knew it in that locker room that this team did not come out the way that they have been in recent games. Yet alone that a lot of these games have been losses, the West Coast trip and whatnot. But still. It was not pretty for the Sixers. Yeah, I mean, the the Mavs game was, like you said, and let's let's also preface it, Tobias got hurt in that game, only had six points. Uh, luckily, there's no structural damage to Tobias's knee, so uh, the Sixers catch a break there as well. Um, but, like, Joel didn't play, like, his absolute best in that Mavericks game. He only had 23-9, and nine, and, like, we say that, and that's like a career night for some guys, but like we know what Joel's been doing this year, and that's like a a quote unquote down night for him. Uh, you know, Ben Simmons wasn't sensational offensively; he had 15 points. Like it's nothing like great or over the top, but they were able to string together defensive stops and and play immaculate defense to uh, overcompensate for the lack of like true full blown firepower offense. Yeah, and keep in mind that Ben locked down Luka Doncic. Like, Luka Doncic isn't a scrub in this league. We all know that. Every star knows that, that he's up and coming. He's 20. He just turned 22 as we're recording this video. Um, So he was 21, doing buzzer beaters and beating teams, deep three balls, triple doubles. You know, all that fun stuff. But, like, when you have a guy like Ben doing that stuff, a compensation should definitely be the win. And kind of – and Ben was doing that same lockdown defense that we saw uh, on, I believe it was Saturday night Mm -hmm. when we – when we played Colin Sexton, who has recently been getting some grooves against teams. Uh, Brooklyn, when they played Brooklyn, that double overtime game, gave them a run for their money and – the overtime periods and he gave us a um when he wasn't guarded by ben you know making making all these shots and backcourt passes and whatnot getting everybody open yeah they kind of just let colin sex and darius garland like just have their way it was kind of disappointing uh from a defensive point of view for the sixers and this is a game where joel had 42 and 13 ben simmons had 24 7 and 8 but you didn't have tobias 
and you really didn't have that third score step up. Shake Milton was kind of like up and down. It wasn't like his best performance. And that's the thing with the Sixers team. And we'll get into like the crux of like, you know, what they need to do with the trade deadline with it approaching, you know, as you guys are listening to this episode, it's the month of March. We're like three weeks away from the trade deadline and this team needs help. Um, But when they don't have Tobias in there, when Shake Milton's off, they really only have like three guys who can like score at will. And this was a night also against the Cavs where Seth Curry went and shot one of 13. It's not going to happen every night, but when Seth has a down night, you need somebody who can just boom, step right up. And they didn't have that. Danny Green only had nine points. Furka Korkmaz only had eight points. You need guys that are going to be able to just score at will, and they just don't have that right now outside of Ben and Joel. And even for Ben Simmons, it's you know up and down depending what you're going to get from him offensively some nights. They need somebody who can just create their own shot, get to the rack, and and score points. Because without you know some of these big-time players – you're going to struggle mightily and that's when you get a game like this and you end up losing an overtime to an inferior team. Yeah, the bench, I mean, recently, excluding the Mavs game where I believe that was their highest scoring game in a, a few weeks rather. I think they had like 37 points off the bench combined uh, against that Mavs game. But, you know, Joel Embiid, you know, four, 42, you know, that's kind of a brush off that we know that he can he's capable of doing. Ben Simmons had a 24-point night. He's starting to improve on that, especially in the month of February. But, like, the next person of that was Sheik. He had 11. And then everybody else was single digits, or Dwight Howard only had one point. He didn't make a single field goal compared to, you know, 2007 Dwight Howard that showed up on the Mavs game, making dunks galore, getting assisted, making great defensive plays, uh, minus eight differential. Uh Maxi didn't score a single point. He didn't even attempt a shot. Um, and it was just, yeah. You're never going to see Seth Curry just make one shot and then that's it. It's really rare when you see that, especially from a guy like Seth, who's um, very productive on the three-point line. He was getting plenty of open shots. They just weren't falling. And it really proved to you how underrated Tobias Harris is with this big three. And it also shows, I believe somebody said on Twitter, that it really shows you that he really was snubbed in the All-Star game. Like, at 20 points per game, even if it wasn't 20, if it was 15 or 17 points, something that he's been recently doing, that still would have helped contribute in the starting lineup, especially at the in the home stretch of the game, that he could have gotten major like buckets. That's what he did against the Raptors game. The second game of the series, he got a couple key buckets, a three ball and whatnot. Um, but it just shows you, I mean, the bench nine, yeah, nine from Danny, eight from Ferk, four from Seth, like something just needs, they knew that they were flat. And even though you have one piece missing of this big three, which is, it should be considered a big three. Everybody knows that it should be, but when you don't and you have your duo in there and they're playing out of their minds last night, you got to, people have to step up and shake tried to do that at the end of the game. But he shot five or uh, three of eight rather didn't make a single three. Got one and, nullified. That would have tied the game on Ben's silly yeah. offensive foul that 
It seemed like and that, the, and that was that was a that looked like a flop though. And the ref yeah. the ref took like an eternity to blow the whistle on that. When I tweeted it, I was like, that whistle was so late. It was like he swallowed the first whistle and had to reach in his pocket for a second one. Exactly. The the officiating, especially, and it's not even with the Sixers, and I'm not being biased. Like, you know, there's some fan bases, <laughs> Celtics fans that are... <laughs> Bad. Uh, <laughs> Boston stinks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just all over the league where you have these refs that are just making these absurd calls. And, like, you're either missing... You're missing calls if there's traveling, offensive fouls, and then you're calling these ridiculous defensive plays, and then some offensive fouls on the other team that shouldn't affect them. And it's like the officiating has just been so rough this year. I'm not going to say it's terrible, but it's definitely rough that they're basically – it's kind of feeling like they're going to start taking over the game, kind of like how the NFL was for Mm – a couple seasons. I mean, they're getting kind of better themselves, but still, it's just the refs, just terrible calling. Yeah, and I mean, but, the Sixers scored 109 points against the Cavs. 66 of those 109 points came from Ben and Joel. Hey, hey you. Yeah, you listening to this podcast right now. You're listening to an underground sports Philadelphia podcast you should probably know that we have an entire catalog of podcasts on this network. So what I want you to do right now, once you finish this episode, after you finish subscribing, leaving a five-star review down in the Apple Podcast section, I want you to search Underground Sports Philadelphia and go check out our catalog of podcasts, especially our flagship TV and movie podcast for streaming services called Streamer Season We have breakdowns of amazing shows coming out weekly. You should definitely check it out. That's Streamer SZN. Search it on your favorite podcast app and give us a follow on social media. You won't regret it. Check out all the awesome podcasts on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network and thank me later. Now, back to the show. The rest of the guys who played... Put up 43 points combined. Yeah. Between like I mean, eight, ten guys. Yeah, and it'd be an entirely different story. I mean, it proves to you that Ben and Joel are doing their jobs. Like, the talk of uh, can they play together? Um, can they fit? Does one have to get traded for the other one to succeed? Like, that's gone. Like, that's way gone. I mean, everybody knows that I, that that conversation is over now. But the people that are still trickling on here and there, you know, the one or two people that are still left that are not Philly people, um, it's like they're doing their thing, and like the team just needs to step up because if you get lucky, then Tobias is there, and then but like Shake should definitely be that step up because. If he's a if he wants to be a potential six man of the year, like you got to be clutch in some of the situations. The starters again, Seth. Seth had a really absurd, crazy night, making one shot. He tested seven threes and made one of them, and that was his only field goal of the night. Again, that's a rare instance. But Ferk, man, like he's like that's a roller coaster, like 
you wouldn't even imagine that is like too sufferable that we just never know what we're going to get from her where we expect that when he's a starter that he'll put up the 19 points that he did with the Raptors and then he puts up half that and then makes these ridiculous stupid plays by himself and it's just nuts yeah and like we we've talked about it you know you've talked about it on Unplugged Shot Clock we've talked about it on the podcast and people are talking about it ad nauseum now because it's so obvious that this team needs another option, whether it's off the bench or plugged into the starting lineup and switch some things around. But Kyle Lowry's being talked about more and more and more. And we talked about it a bit on Wednesday where it seemed like the rumors were picking up a lot with Kyle Lowry and now it seems even more apparent. But with Lowry, it's like he's making $30 million. You're going to have to give up so much to make salaries match with that. And Matt and I talked about this on Wednesday show where it's like, I don't want to have to give up. And I understand we're like in win now mode because of how well Embiid's playing and just the way that this team is vibing. I just don't want to have to give up like half your team to get a soon to be 35 year old Kyle Lowry who is on an expiring contract. And if you don't re-sign him, you're giving up like four, potentially five players to get half a season rental of Kyle Lowry just for the feel-good story of bringing him home to Philadelphia. Like, sure, on paper or in a movie, that's a great thing. But, like, to have to give up uh, an arm and a leg to get one guy who is an aging player, and then if you re-sign him, it's going to be with his bird rights. So you're going to have to give him, like, well over, you know, market value. I just don't see how it, like statistically and like money and logistically makes sense for the Sixers to go and trade for Kyle Lowry right now as as good of a fit as he would be he's not a perfect fit but he's a really good fit I just don't see how it logistically makes sense because of how much how much disruption you do to this team and this is a team where we've talked about it since this podcast started they've gone through so many iterations of players around Ben and Joel that the fewer like moving parts you have to implement, the better it will be. Yeah. It's like, it's, you have, to, I think we would have to get very lucky in order to have a chance at getting Lowry because I, yeah, I totally get what you mean. Like with the, you know, you, it's an expensive, expensive deal on top of the three other players that are getting 30 million plus on this team alone. And then you're going to give away depth on the bench, um, even though there's plenty of players on this bench that could be Sayonara, you got a couple extra centers, and a guy by, I guess his name is Terrence Ferguson that I didn't even know was here, um, that rarely plays. Um, and another, at least rotational player, you would have to give up. But like, it would have, they would, we would have to get really lucky if the Raptors, you know, did his little, ride off to the sunset and bought out his contract or did something like that for us to get him without paying so much to get him as in players and draft capital and whatnot. Um, And then that would be the conversation. Like you just mentioned, like, would we extend him? Like if anything, if we, it would either be like, if we did get Lowry for some reason, it would either be that the Raptors bought him out, 
outright that thirty million dollar contract, and he and he just came to Philly, came back home, or if he played the rest of the season because the Raptors now aren't that zero and four team at the beginning of the season anymore. You know, they're the number one. They're not the number one, but they're the number four team in the Eastern Conference right now. Like they're a home playoff team right now, mm-hmm. and of course we never pictured that. Um, at the beginning of the season, but we didn't imagine the Knicks to be number five in the East either. So, or he played the season, played the playoffs with the Raptors, and then in free agency, if he decided to come home and play in Philly for a couple more years of his career and then hung it up, I definitely can see him coming. I, he definitely has motivation to come to Philly. You know, he's been with the Raptors since 2012 played I believe with Memphis he's played with Houston and then he got traded and he's been with Raptors with the Raptors the longest and he is I think and I told you this earlier he's one of the best Raptors to ever put on that uniform top five Raptor um when you have Vince Carter you have Chris Bosch and he's probably number three um up there in those lists that he's gonna um get that statue in front of Scotia Bank which that'd be the only thing I approve of that stadium with all that, uh, the terror and horror that place causes us, whether it's hockey or basketball. Um, but it would just have to be the, it would have to be the right move for Daryl. Cause I think that he's, I mean, Daryl isn't a dumb person either. He wouldn't want to give up the depth similar to what Brooklyn did to get James Harden. That would be basically what the rock or what Brooklyn did in order to get James Harden when you gave up a nice couple bench players and you lost your depth. Now, granted they're lucky right now because their big three is playing out of its mind, even though they lost to the Mavs and we beat the Mavs, but it just have to be the right move. And definitely if Daryl can't get that done where they can't buy him out, he's going to be looking somewhere else. Daryl will be on the move this year. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, do you give up all those assets for a Kyle Lowry or do you go and get like a PJ Tucker for, you know, the, the trade exception and like two second round picks and save some of these assets for the off season to go make a bigger move. And who knows what that, you know, translates into. We don't know what's going to happen, you know, in the playoffs and everything, but I just don't logistically think it's a smart move to go get Kyle Lowry from a sense of just like chemistry disruption. And the biggest thing that this team needs right now, the way that they're playing, is the most close-knit chemistry they can possibly have because it's something Joel and Ben haven't had pretty much their entire careers here in Philadelphia. Yeah, this is that is the biggest thing I've seen with even bringing, even with the videos that they post with Dwight, with Ben and Joe and Tobias and uh, lip-syncing the, the songs and pregame or like dancing or doing their introductions and lip syncing those. This is definitely the best uh, chemistry filled team um, I've seen from the Sixers in the last recent year since I've started watching them um, ever since they got into the playoffs the first time when they beat Miami. Um, Definitely. This team is something special. This is a special team and this team can definitely go, to the Eastern Conference Finals where everybody's saying they should go. And if they really play the cards right and everybody steps up to what they have to do, um, they could 
be in the finals and have a chance to, you know, win it. Like something we've thought of, but as the season goes along, that's something we never really get to see. Either it's a buzzer beater, five bounces off the rim, or it's a shutout in the playoffs without Ben Simmons, or your first year in the playoffs and you get smoked by the Celtics again. It's always something with this team where it's just so unlucky. And granted, the first year, that was typical rookie rookie mistakes in the playoffs because they'd never been. And Joe was still handling with the eye laceration, having the mask on his face, and then Kawhi ruining our chance to possibly win it. It's just, but this team just feels different. Like the starters, you have elite starters. Um, they just need to get out of these ruts and make better decisions. The bench, like Matisse, like I know people are including Matisse in these trade talks again. After the James Harden thing, I would think that you wouldn't include him anymore, similar to Ben, because Matisse can do so much for you alone defensively, even though he's still working on his offensive game. But I would not give Matisse for anything. I would not give him up for anything. I would rather give up Maxi or somebody else on this bench, but not Matisse. He's too special for us to let go. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm at the point where it's like giving up on some of these guys, like it, it's almost one of those things where Sixers fans are just so quick to pull the trigger on guys. We said it during the, the whole Harden saga of, you know, being too quick to give up on Matisse. And now people are just like, oh, because he's fallen out of favor currently, he's not in the rotation, let's trade Tyrese Maxey because he doesn't fit the timeline that the Sixers are on right now. I just, I don't agree with it. Like, yes, do I want to win a championship above all else? Absolutely. But, like, I, I think Tyrese Maxey is, like, a very good prospect of a player to have on this team. He's only 20 years old. Let's not forget that. Um, yeah. And, I mean, I, I just think there's other alternatives to go out and get guys, whether it's, you know, P.J. Tucker and you go and get somebody on the buyout market or something like that. That's the game I think the Sixers should play. Um it's it's better logistically overall. You keep a lot of this this team intact, and I just think it's the smarter move for the now and the later. Yeah, and it's really hard to see with the way that this team is alone what you would give up alone player wise because I feel like when it's one trade and the trade doesn't fall like the James Harden trade, Ben Simmons and Thibel. Either Ben wasn't playing to his maximum potential in the first 10 games of the season. Let's not forget. And we're jumping on the, the wagon of, hey, go get Harden for whatever it takes. And then we were like, Matisse isn't making the rotation alone. Let's get rid of him, which I thought that was a stupid move anyway. And then even when, even in that 10-game stretch where people were like, Maxi, and me and you were on the phone for hours saying, don't give him up. Yeah. Like we were like, like anybody else, but don't give him that. And then obviously we didn't get nothing because they never called us back because Tillman hates us. Just like Adam Silver hates the process. Uh, <laughs> but it's just so, it's just so hard to think. Definitely. We do need depth at the power forward. Either if we go get PJ 
where we get uh, a baller in the G League called B-Ball Paul, uh, who's balling right now, where we get Rayon Tucker. Uh, Isaiah Joe is going down to the G League for the next week for All-Star break to get himself some playing time because he was – when Doc was like, oh, he's going to make the rotation now instead of FERC, and then one game later he changed his mind. Um, that, said, I'm the captain now. Exactly. When he had to start and then he balled out and then he was like, well, I made the wrong decision. So then Joe got benched again and he hasn't played since. Um, so it's junk time, um, which I think it's good for him to get some experience playing time. And if the Blue Coats make the playoffs, he might be able to go on that run. Cause he, he is a good shooter. He's working his way up defensively. That's a plus from him. Um, but there's so much still potential. And I mean, we're halfway through the season. We can't say, we can't keep on saying, oh, it's still early. It's still early. I mean, it is technically early. I mean, we played good teams already. The second half that just got released is going to be crazy with national televised games um, with the Bucks, and they got Brooklyn in a game, and you got the West Coast teams uh, going up against. And it's going to be, I think the second half is going to be more of a mission to succeed than the first half, even though the first half showed us a lot about this team and the potential of this team, which was really good, by the way. Oh, absolutely. it's going to, it's going to be the real test is going to come in the second half after the all-star break to see where they are after the break. Do they just need the rest now, which if they do need the rest, then fine. We'll, Let's get this all-star break, let's finish these games and call it a day, call it the week, and then hit the ground running because you we're not facing scrubs in the second half of the season. Right. Like you're facing like a lot of these games are playoff teams. Like you got the Bucks, you have a big game against Brooklyn to get the season series and to really that'll really determine and help where we stand with them because hopefully KD's playing that game and Kyrie. Because somehow we've gotten gypped out of. We haven't played the Nets at full strength at all this season. We have not. We have not played the Nets at full strength. We played Harden and we destroyed them, but we have yet to play against Kyrie and KD, which I'm really excited still to see, and I hope they play. But you got Giannis coming up. You have a big game. You have the another game against the Lakers. You have the Clippers coming up. Uh, just so many good teams that are that could stand in your way. Yeah, and I mean, we're probably not going to see anything of significance change before the All-Star break. I would be shocked if we do. Um, but this, this gives Daryl and Doc in the front office time to kind of evaluate what teams do going into the All-Star break. We have two games before, you know, the break happens. Go out and win those two games, rebound from this Cavs game, make a statement, hopefully go into the All-Star break on top in the Eastern Conference, reset, regroup, and go in for what's going to be a juggernaut second half of the season. Yeah, this that game really was their worst game of the season, their worst loss, uh, just with how flat it was and there wasn't no, it wasn't the typical Sixers we've seen in the past couple months of the season. Like, it was just not really us. It didn't feel like us mm-hmm. in that game. 
And hopefully with that game, it's a big wake-up call. Like, people people really thought that the wake-up call would come after the West Coast road trip. But those games were more harder fought than how we played last night against the Cavs. And everybody would say, you should be able to put that team away. And they're, and they're right. They're not wrong about that. But they just have to really pull it together. And then the second half, you know, guns blazing again, like the beginning of the season and take it from there and then stay the number one seed in the East. Yeah. So hopefully they get back on top of things and figure the damn thing out. Cause this team's too good to not succeed. Um, another team too good not to succeed is, uh, you know, uh, spring's in the air, Richie, and baseball season's here. Phillies played their first spring training game on Sunday. And nature, nature's healing because some things are, are forever, and the Phillies' bullpen and, and horrendous starting pitching depth just stays bad. They, they were horrendous against the Tigers today, uh, and it was just good to see good old-fashioned Phillies bashing of uh, – Bashing of the bullpen back on the timeline. Um, and guys, trust us. We know. It, it's the first spring training game, not the the real lineup and everything. But they did lose 10-2. And they gave up like six runs <laughs> after Adam Hazley hit a first inning home run. Um, but uh, it's, it's good that live baseball is back. And by the time you guys are listening to this, we've got baseball on TV today with the Phillies taking on the Orioles uh it, it's just an exciting time to know that baseball games are being played we're gonna have a full 162 game season hopefully and it's looking like there's potential for fans to be in the stands uh on opening day which is a pretty wild development but as long as you know they're abiding by the the guidelines and everything that are being placed by the city and by Major League Baseball it'll be nice to have fans back in the stands that's for sure and they had them today in this spring training game and you heard plenty of boos from Phillies fans that went to Lakeland to watch this game yeah it was really um I never I didn't get to listen to the game today but I definitely saw everywhere of how Phillies fans were feeling I know you told me a little bit today and I saw one post that the Phillies gave up 50 pitches in the you know the first inning um which is I never heard of that before, but granted, it was a spring training game. It's beautiful, and and you're right. There, it's it is the first game. People aren't freaking out yet. Um, hey, I want to thank you, the listener, for checking out an Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast. If you've been rocking with us for any amount of time, you know we have a whole catalog of podcasts, a number of franchises under our umbrella, and I want you to do me a favor. Once you're done listening to this episode, once you're done subscribing, leaving a five-star rating or review on the Apple Podcast feed, like we know you always do, I want you to hop over and check out the Outside the Box podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's our flagship pro lacrosse podcast, ton of fun stuff, amazing interviews, content, we know that lacrosse, you know, we're still in a bit of a limbo period, but hey, do us a favor, check it out, subscribe, leave a five-star review, and maybe learn about the sport of the future. And with that, let's get back to the show. 
So, but again, your lineup isn't full strength yet. I mean, you did have Aaron Nola out there for the, for, for the game today, but you didn't have JT today. Um, and a lot of these players showed up, what, last week? Yeah, a lot training. of guys still trickling in. Like, DD just showed up this week. Um, yeah. And, I mean, some of these guys aren't even going to be on the roster in, like, a week. Like, Ivan Nova, who started today, he pitched a third of an inning, gave up three hits, five earned runs, walked two guys. Nice little trial and error there, but after today's performance, he probably pitched himself out of a job and out of a roster spot with the Phillies. Um, you know, you had some guys that are going to be starting for this team this year, like Adam Hazley played today, Scott Kingery played today, Alec Bohm played today. Potential to see like guys like Mickey Moniak and Bryson Stott later in the season. Um, but it was a lot of young guys that played today, and I'm totally fine with that being the case with letting the young guys play all together and letting the you know pretty much locked-in roster guys play together. It makes a lot of sense. Um, so I'm cool with the way that Joe Girardi kind of played his hand today and, and let a lot of the young guys get their reps, especially because last year we didn't have a, a minor league season. So this is big-time reps for a lot of these guys uh, who didn't get to play in games last year, and some of them were just like on the taxi squad playing like inter-squad games. Um, so very smart move to kind of just let the guys who typical minor leaguers get their shot and showcase what they can do. Yeah, and this is their first time in months that they're even going against an opponent um, as a squad. Um, yeah, it's the full strength thing. Uh, I mean, I don't even think Bryce played today. Did Bryce even play today? Bryce yeah, didn't play. Bryce... No Aaron Nolan, no JT, no Didi, no McCutcheon. Yeah. Like, really, yeah, you're some... only like potential starters that played today are Hazley, Kingery, and Alec Boehm. Yeah, there's plenty of time you're probably going to see them trickle in within because again they got to relearn the system if joe thought of anything new um getting these young guys to kind of get in especially pitching the bullpen positions and then backups um but yeah there's going to be a nice couple weeks to see what young talent there is yeah i mean most of them get to get back at it tomorrow against the Orioles and I'm sure we'll yeah. see a bunch of different players as well. Um wouldn't be shocked if we see Bryce play tomorrow, especially since the game's on TV. Um, they're at their home facility in Florida. So it would make a lot of sense for us to see at least some of the starters uh, tomorrow uh, right. against the Orioles. Still don't expect a lot of them to play just because it's so early in spring training and you're just getting guys reps and, seeing what some of the young guys can do before you like reassign them to their minor league teams. Yeah, it's going to be, we still got, there's still time to breathe. Right. We can't, we can't start one. losing our breath. We can't start giving up just yet. But I mean, you know, it's typical Philly when, you know, it's the first game of the season, the fans are booing you. That really shows uh, you got to pick it up. If you're, if you want to be a Philly, um, be in a Philadelphia sports team, you know, um, cause you know, we're not afraid to tell you how we feel about you. If you stink or if you're doing really well, or we want to blow the roof off a or arena. So there's, pl- there's time. You got plenty of talent still out there. Um, and once we get our stud players, our, uh, 
our leading players. Like DD showed up two days ago. Bryce showed up last week. Uh, JT's hurt with his thumb. Um, yeah, you still got. We still got a lot. And Re- I don't even know if Reese has been in Reese, there yet. Reese is medically cleared, which is a great sign. Um, yeah, especially coming off the elbow injury, and for him to be medically cleared before the season even really started. That's a, a huge bonus and huge lift for this team. Um, like I think it's a, a very underrated aspect of just Reese's career being the type of player he is and how hot and how cold he can get. I think the more reps and more time he has to go out and perform and, and get a chance to just get continuous and solid reps in, in spring training is going to do wonders for him coming back from a big-time injury. Yeah. So we can't judge just yet. Now, if they start playing, if they play like this on opening day, where they when they give up fifty pitches in the first, you know, the first inning, then I think then I'll have to be comforting you and yeah. all our Philly fans <laughs> and I'll be uh, like, everything's okay. You can come to basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a lot of of high hopes for this Phillies team moving forward and. You know, as the games continue to get played in spring training, we'll be able to kind of get more of an assessment on some of these guys. And again, it's spring training. We're not going to see a full sample size of a lot of these guys until the season starts. So I'm not too worried. I just want to see what some of these young guys can do because you guys know me. I love my prospects. I love seeing what the young guys can do for the future. And uh, all while watching the, the big guns and the big league team perform when they get their opportunity in spring training. So We'll we'll keep it we'll keep it locked in. I'm not I'm not concerned at all with a, a ten two opening spring training day loss. It's not like a couple years ago when they lost to a college team. Um that was a lot more concerning than this. At least you lost to a major league team and it's it's day one of spring training. Relax, yeah. it'll be fine. It was just nice to see the, the discourse on Twitter again. Uh team we always see discourse with because they need defense help in a big way, but they stepped up these past two games of the Flyers, back-to-back shutouts against the Sabres, big-time statement wins, even though the Sabres aren't that great of a team. These are two wins that we said on the show on Wednesday, you need to go out and win these games because you've been, you've been faltering, you're closer to the bottom than you are on the top in the division. They get back-to-back shutouts, which is super rare to even get, like, one. It's, it's tough to get, but to get back-to-back is super rare in the NHL. Uh, I still think the Flyers need defensive help, and my my name that I'm putting out there, go get Matthias Ekholm. He, he's a, a perfect fit for this team. You need a, a big-name, championship-caliber defenseman to come in. Go get him. Lock down this defense because it is, it's got more holes than Swiss cheese. It's got more holes than, you know, a 1990s uh kid with with holes in their jeans like it, it's all over the place like you you need to fix the defense but the flyers getting back-to-back shutouts is is massive um they needed these wins like i said we talked about it on wednesday where you you had a stretch of games over you know the the next couple of games after wednesday show where you had to go out and win them because the flyers have Three straight games starting on Tuesday against the Penguins in Pittsburgh. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, all against the Penguins in Pittsburgh. Big-time games. You ended up beating the Rangers 4-3. to Massive win on Wednesday night, and then you get back-to-back shutouts. We said you got to win like two out of three, but then you come away on a three-game win streak now going into this Pittsburgh game. Build momentum. 
everybody's coming back. Travis Konechny off the COVID list. Shout out to new newly uh, discovered dad, Travis Konechny, which is yeah. still difficult to wrap my mind around because TK is like a child himself. Uh, <laughs> now he's having a child. Um, pretty wild, but this is now a situation where the Flyers – over their next four games, you got three straight against the Penguins, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then on Sunday, you're back home and you host the Capitals. These are games that you're going to be tested and you need to go and win. You're in fourth place in the Eastern Conference now after the wins you've strung together. You jump in front of the Penguins. This is a, a big-time three-game stretch against the Penguins to just knock them further down the peg. You have 25 points in the column. Penguins have 23. Stack up if you get three wins, that's six point a six point advantage of just point total, but you're knocking the Penguins down, and it's almost like a double up. So go and win these games, knock them further out, and and make them kiss their playoff hopes goodbye. Because nothing would make me happier than seeing us like just put a nail in the Penguins elimination coffin. Yeah, this week with definitely giving getting all the veterans and their stars rather. It was such their- a difference. Yeah, just getting them all back off the COVID list and the past couple games, getting uh, getting the captain back. You know, he's making he made an impact in his first game out. Um, hopefully, with that little brief, you know, intermission of getting sick, um, which we um, hated that they even got COVID, um, that they were able to take that break mentally, figure things out, because you know before they even were getting on the COVID list, the Flyers were kind of falling down the hill and overtime losses and getting some lucky wins here and there, but holding on the big leads and then somehow in the third period losing them all and then going to overtime and then getting beaten overtime, you know, getting beat by Boston three times and getting these really nasty losses. Um, so hopefully with these vets coming back and a more new mental approach, hopefully, Going coming out of COVID and these protocols that this team can start leveling up back to beginning of the season, the first few games when they beat Pittsburgh, they swept Pittsburgh at home, that they can get a couple good wins, or if not sweep Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, um, to really push our um, bragging rights more to our side. Um, but it's going to be an f- interesting week, um, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, of straightaway games and then you know facing – another top Eastern team in the Capitals. The funniest part is like, we're, we're acting like the sky is falling with the Flyers. They're 11, four and three on the season. Like their record is really good. Obviously the record doesn't really play as much as it does in the other three sports. Like it does in hockey. Cause you calculate points uh, for the standings, but the Flyers against the Bruins this year, Richie, they're Oh three and two Flyers against everyone else. They're 11, one and one. Yeah, that's really good. So if you, if people couldn't tell what our kryptonite is, um, it's the Boston Bruins. Um, and this and the thing is, I mean, again, those are two overtime losses. Like those are games that we've been in really close games, and then in the first thirty seconds of overtime, they just uh, yoink a uh, a goal into past Carter Hart, and they get the win. So, I mean. I mean, still their losses, but it's really it's a shame that Boston is 
And that's a team we're probably going to have to go up against later on if we get into the playoffs. And if they're a top team in the East or if they are the number one team in the East, which typically how they turn out to be, um, that could be our stake in our ground to that could kill us in the playoffs unless they get eliminated early on. Yeah, and our guy Harrison, Harry the K, he, t- he quote tweeted the tweet from Jordan Hall about the Flyers' record against the Bruins and the rest of the league. And he said, so what I'm seeing is we should just never play the Bruins again and then we win the Cup. Math, math checks out there for me. I'm, I'm sick and tired of playing against the Bruins. Every time it's just like one way or another, a stupid loss, an annoying loss, and it just drives me crazy. Just never play the Bruins again. Let's let's continue yeah. dominating the rest of the league, and uh, we'll keep it pushing. We'll finally win the cup in our lifetime. Because the only the other losses that you said we were eleven one and one. Yeah, I think you said. Yeah, the one loss is the fourth game of the season when or the third game when Buffalo like made us feel like we didn't know how to play hockey, and yes. then there was a there was that recent overtime loss. To the, uh, Rangers, to the Rangers the when when yeah when no when we were all sick when everybody was sick with COVID so if those were the only two losses then one was early in the season which that's the thing with this Flyers team this Flyers team can play really well like this team when they play well and they play not the Bruins of course but they can be they are the they can be the best team in the league but there's magical times with this Flyers team where they – I mean, we saw this in the playoffs last year. They just didn't know how – they looked like they didn't even know how to play hockey. They looked like they played like a different sport and they were just learning how to play hockey for the first time and then get shut out 7 to nothing. I mean, game seven of the Eastern Conference semis, like against the rain, uh, the Islanders, we got shut out, what, 4 to nothing? Something like that, like, yeah. Yeah, it was absurd because – that was a game in that series because every loss that we had was basically like that. We looked like we didn't know how to play hockey, and then we barely scraped ourselves to get to game seven. And then that game was just an absolute dumpster fire. We wished we never even got there. And, like, the thing is, is, like, sure, the two shutouts back-to-back really help improve the defensive numbers. This team still needs defensive help. Like, Ivan Provorov's been the one good defender. Everything else has been a disaster for the most part. You need to go out and, and make a trade for a big-time defenseman, plug him in with Provi, have a solid dynamic duo there, and then hope everything else checks out, or make a move for two defensive players. Whatever needs to happen, Chuck Fletcher. Like, let's let's get it moving, see the potential that this team has uh, to go out and potentially win a cup or go on a run and, and improve this team. They've given up 54 goals this season. They've scored 61. Goal differential of 7, much improved from where it was on Wednesday when they were dead even. Um... They just need to keep it pushing, and hopefully now with the rest of the squad back uh, from the COVID layoff and everything, things will start to turn around, and, and they'll go on a on a run and keep piling on these wins because if they can even just take two out of three against the Penguins, massive. Like, that would be massive for this team. This team is definitely kind of similar to the Sixers um, with the win-now mentality. I mean, they do have every piece that you would – think imaginable for a Stanley Cup winning team. You have great forwards, you have a great captain, great centers, your defense, you do need a piece here and there with the defensive line, and you have arguably one of the best goalies and the best youngest goal, young goalie mm-hmm. in the NHL. And last year, I mean, barring that Claude Giroux just never pl- 
played to his max potential in the playoffs. Um, when everybody else was really doing their thing, you got Oscar back in the playoffs. I mean, this team should have really played against Tampa Bay or even beaten Tampa Bay and played Dallas in the Stanley Cup and had a chance to win it. Um, obviously, that never turned out to be because we just fell flat in the second round. And even in the first round, we were showing signs of depletedness uh, as a number one seed that people never thought we were going to be. Um but this, there's definitely room for one or two key, like you just said, defensive players. And the front office really needs to make a, um, a jump at somebody or a couple people that will really make an impact and get our um, dreams of a Stanley Cup here to Philly. And speaking of adjustments, it seems like we've been talking about Pokemon for the last like three shows, somewhere in each show, <laughs> which I'm fine with. I, I'm a Pokemon kid, grew up on it, but... Uh, obviously, the the 25th anniversary of Pokemon happened a couple days ago, and uh, they had their their digital like concert that they did, and Post Malone was like the poster uh, artist for it, and he did a uh, rendition of Hootie and the Blowfishes "Only Want to Be with You," absolute banger of a song. Uh, shout out Hootie and the Blowfish, but Post Malone, everybody knows Cowboys fan. Uh, the biggest revelations from this week of Post Malone's rendition of Only Want to Be With You is people thought in the original version Hootie and the Blowfish were talking about real dolphins and not the Miami Dolphins making him cry, uh, which I was like, are you just uncultured swines? Like, we all know Darius Rucker's a giant Dolphins fan. Um, let's, let's get it together, people. But we know Post Malone, Cowboys fan, changed the lyrics up, and as I'm listening to the song, pretty decent, you know, rendition of it. Switch it up from uh, I'm such a baby because the Dolphins make me cry to I'm such a baby because the Cowboys make me cry. And Richie, I don't know about you, but there couldn't be a more perfect scenario where the the Gen Z and like future generations are only going to know Post Malone's version of Only Want to Be With You and not realize that it is like a rendition of it and a cover yeah. of it. And they're going to think the lyrics are, I'm such a baby because the Cowboys make me cry. It is chefskiss.gif. And thank you, Post Malone, for unintentionally giving Eagles fans so much ammunition in terms of just clapping back Cowboys fans for generations to come. Yeah, it was so, um, it was really interesting when you told me that. I was like, whoa. And I was like, and I didn't know he was a Cowboys fan. Um, but it really is kind of a thing that we can enjoy after having the season that we did have um, ourselves. So we're kind of happy that he wasn't an Eagles fan because, you know, he probably would have put, you know, the Eagles made me cry. Which, even with that, it would have been perfect because they absolutely do. They absolutely do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys are just a dumpster fire in on themselves and they don't even know if they're going to even keep their quarterback. Um, so that's probably why he probably wrote that. And it, it'll probably really come to reality when he does cry. If Dak leaves Dallas and he goes to a team that will curb stomp his team, that <laughs> the Cowboys um, every time they play him. But yeah, good for post confessing yeah. that the Cowboys suck and not being one of those Cowboys fans that think every year they're going to go to the Super Bowl 
or they're living in 1995 all over again. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely amazing when I listened to it for the first time and heard it. I was like, oh, this is such good ammo for Twitter beefs and just clapbacks. And it's just awesome because we all know Cowboys fans, they can be babies and the Cowboys certainly make them cry. Um, you guys are the absolute best podcast listeners on the planet. Would not be possible without you guys. So make sure you check us out on social media at Underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram. Check Richie out on Twitter and Instagram at RichieRiv23. We post the Unplugged Shot Clock IGTV series pretty much after most Sixers games. Sometimes we group them in together uh, depending on the schedule and everything. That, that stretch where we've got like five games in seven days and those six West Coast road trips are going to be a doozy. Not for the weak of heart. Um, but check out Unplugged Shot Clock and uh, follow Richie on Twitter, like I said, at RichieRiv23. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. And uh, like we always say, subscribe, subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast, specifically on Apple Podcasts. If you do, leave a five-star review, rating, whatever it may be. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too, and we know they're five stars. Let us know how you're feeling about the Sixers. Do you want them to go trade for Kyle Lowry, PJ Tucker? Or if there's somebody we didn't mention over the past couple of shows, let us know who you want to see the tr- Sixers go out and trade for to improve this team to go on a run for the, uh, the NBA title. Phillies. Drop your thoughts, expectations, all that good stuff. Matt and I will be prepping our uh, our Phillies preview and prediction show within the next couple of weeks. We'll be going through where we think this team's going to finish, award predictions, all that good stuff. And uh, make sure you also, you know, let us know how you feel about the Flyers and about Post Malone and the Pokemon 25th anniversary. A lot of new stuff, new games coming out. I'm super pumped. Leave it in the podcast reviews. Let us know how you feel. We will read them on the show. Uh, we're super close to 300 overall five-star ratings and reviews. Uh, once we get there, obviously, I will read all of them from 200 to 300 on a separate podcast like I did from 100 to 200. And you can also check us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And uh, make sure you subscribe not subscribe, follow the Twitch channel. But if you do have the means to do so, feel free to subscribe. Twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI. That's where you can watch the show live. You can watch Steven Schneider be an absolute baller professional golfer. And uh, that's where we do the podcast live every Wednesday. Hopefully trying to get that back to live twice a week as well. And uh, show also would not be possible without our awesome sponsors. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Runketty CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades, Manscaped, and Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Same promo code, all three websites, TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP for 25% off your order. Manscaped.com, you get 20% off, free shipping, and a thank you from your balls when you use promo code USP. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka on the one liter vodka bottles. Use promo code USP to get 10% off those bad boys. But you must be 21 or older to order. And of course, please drink responsibly. Any final thoughts, Richie? 
There's going to be a lot of good Philly sports coming up in this next month or two. We got a lot you know, planned, the... and I'm pumped. Yeah, so much stuff. Sixers going to be starting a second half. Got the All-Star game coming up in the next week or so. March Madness around the corner. Yep. Onova. We, we got a lot planned, so stay up to date with everything at Underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram. Be a friend, tell a friend, subscribe to the podcast. And uh, we'll catch you guys again on Wednesday, twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI for the live feed. And hopefully show won't cut out halfway through with audio like it did last week. Again, apologize for that. Um, but this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 309. For Richie, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace. Peace.